Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtootall.com for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert helping people to live positively through the many and varied challenges of life. My guest today is Simon. Simon, how do you pronounce your last name? Malbogat, and it's actually Simon Malbogat. Simon Malbogat from Mixed Company Theater. I had the amazing pleasure of seeing Mixed Company Theater perform at a for at youth, a risk at youth event in Mississauga a few Weeks ago or a month ago, an amazing organization. Simon has been a key player in Canada's theater scene for over 30 years now. He has studied with some of the greatest contemporary popular theater practitioners in the world. He has blended forum theater with the sweet medicine teachings of the Deer Tribe Métis Medicine Society to create an innovative theater and teaching approach and Simon has been the artistic director of Mixed Company Theater for 25 years. He has directed shows which have toured throughout Canada, dealing with such topics as bullying, harassment, assault, homelessness, homophobia, and aging. Simon's brand of theater incorporates the masks of manipulation, which he has created to identify what kind of manipulation is being used why the manipulator manipulates, and how to deal with the manipulator. Simon has brought his innovative theater techniques to workplaces such as TD Bank, Toronto Community Housing, and Toronto Hydro to help create an HR policy and to work with staff to identify problems and help solve them. Welcome to the show today, Simon. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be there. I was uh, ext- uh, very touched and very impressed with the performance I saw at the Ignite for Youth event at Mississauga Living Center. I was a little sad because there are so many adults in the audience and they don't as freely engage as the young people you tend to put on your uh, productions for. Uh, but the message you get across in a live demonstration is way better than what any lecturer could tell you uh, doing the same thing. I really, really loved it. Oh, yes. Thank you. And uh, actually, Mixed Messages has been uh, seen by university students, college students, um, students that have just gone into the dorm for the first time. We took it to a theater festival uh, of forum theater in Austria. And it was a big hit in that festival as well um, because I think we touch on the issue 
in a way that it doesn't necessarily say, oh, there's bad and there's good. It's communication. And what we really try to do in our shows is to establish a way of open-heart communication where you don't necessarily manipulate, but you speak your mind and have the confidence and the self-esteem to say what you need to say. And that's what the, most of our shows uh, deal with. Mixed messages certainly is one that uh, is constantly being asked for, and we finally had to look at uh, creating a version for high schools, especially uh, for prom nights and, um, you know, all of that May 2-4 weekend where sometimes you get a little clouded with uh, the booze and uh, addictions that may result in you making a decision that uh, you really didn't want to. And I can see why you enjoyed the show and want more of the youth to see it. Oh, it was tremendous. And the people from the audience jumping in to participate and suggesting alternate ways of uh, mostly for women, of you know, not succumbing to pressure that they're going to regret, even acting out, you know, what would be better for a, a guy to do in a situation to protect a woman. Like, yes, uh, you may you may hear about this in school, but you don't see it acted live, and you don't see a discussion about it. It's very profound. We had an intervention which was quite interesting in uh, the festival. Uh, in Austria, where um, a woman, uh, French woman, uh, she decided she was going to uh, be Eric's mother. And so she wanted to have a discussion with Eric, the antagonist in this case. And uh, when she started talking to the character she realized that he's 17 and no, 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 I have to uh, talk to him when he is 12, 13 years old. And so the actor became 12 and 13 because she realized that she has to have that discussion about uh, uh, harassment and about uh, the communication when it comes to sexual consent much earlier than 1617. The whole audience then starts to grapple with uh, what do I do and how do I do it and um, when do I do it? So it it works on that basis. And how we create shows like Mixed Messages uh, are, are through the masks of manipulation. And that's where the sweet medicine teachings came in. I went to Arizona, Phoenix, and uh, studied with some of the chiefs there because I didn't want any question of appropriation. Uh, So we really looked at how it can be used as a teaching tool. And that's when I came back to Canada and looked at how we needed to create masks that identify what the manipulation is. For instance, um, if you are using a persecuting, tormenting kind of energy where you are tormenting someone, why are you doing what you're doing? Well, you want to really make that person feel insecure. 
so that you, because of your own insecurity, can feel secure. And so we start to really look at how can we look at the situation and have audience members go through a journey where they have to really connect with what is necessary. So you need the mental forbearance, the mental strength, discipline, not to get sucked into this kind of behavior. And it's very hard. Some Sometimes what happens is someone comes in with the idea that I'm not going to uh, really partake in this. But the moment that they try to leave, the tormentor right. knows what button to push and then hooks that person coming back in. And it's interesting to see how they think they can get away, but once that hook starts to come out, they start to respond. And once the response is there, then the persecutor tormentor who has an audience and needs that audience will continue to torment because they're very good with the verbal cues that they have. And that's a very mental energy. Uh, when we start to look at um, possibly uh, f friends um, or children, that could be an irritating, bothersome kind of energy. And that irritating, bothersome, uh, exasperating energy is like when a child goes into, uh, let's say, a grocery store, and of course they always have the chocolates and the gums and everything right there. And the child will say, I want it, I want it, I want it, please, can I have it? And even though you might say no a few times, they start to get really... Um, the temper tantrum will come. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of having emotional discipline and realizing that what they're looking for is doubt. So the friend is looking for doubt. The borrower is looking for any hesitation. And what we try to do in all our shows is look at how can we communicate better without having uh, to resort to anything other than no, that's not going to work. And so we, we develop our shows in a manner of using the two examples are the masks that I've just talked about, but there are seven that we use. And when we create um, the shows, then the facilitator, the joker, who is the liaison between the audience and the actors all know what to look for. So if we see that the intervener or what we call the spect actor comes up and tries something, does it work? Is it working? Has that person shown us the emotional discipline that's necessary in dealing with that type of energy? And we go through a sad, melancholia, guilt provoker. Uh, it goes on like that. So what we really look at is creating pieces that will catalyze an audience to want to change what they've seen. And we've brought this methodology, which is called forum theater, uh, to various parts of the world. Um, uh, we've gone to the Ukraine three times, taught people how to use that process to Turkey, to Finland, India, um, and the list goes on. So we really work on that aspect in terms of schools. And then we also bring in um, a process 
for the workplace that you mentioned. So we're, we, what we try to do in a workplace is, first of all, see what are the concerns. Then we create a script using the idea of the masks and then perform for, and these are professional actors that know the process, and perform for uh, the community in the workplace, in the corporation, and develop ways and means of understanding what do we need to do in order to have clarity in our communication. So when you mention, for instance, the Toronto Hydro, it was dealing with harassment. And we created three scenarios that then we had audience members really try to uh, deal with how to change what they've seen to make it better, to come up with options, alternatives, or possible solutions to that situation. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing, the work you're doing. Uh, explain uh, uh, some examples of the school presentations that Mixed Companies has uh, created, because I think that's probably the most powerful impact that you have. Great to go into these big TD banks and community housing and Toronto Hydro, and that's so valuable as well. But I think youth gravitate to this. They're excited by it. They jump in. They participate. And you have some amazing presentations uh, on the various challenges that uh, uh, youth uh, have. And so talk about those presentations. Uh, I, really, I really think those are invaluable. What, uh, I'll give you some examples. We decided to look at bullying uh, in the schools. And rather than, you know, come in, oh, bullying is bad, et cetera, what we tried to do is use the bully, the bullied, and the bystander as the base of change. So how can we change not just the person that's being bullied, but we know 80, over 80% 80 of the time the bullying is being observed. There are many bystanders. So what we try to do is look at, yes, to have the person that's being bullied change, but also the bystanders, because if 80% of the time right. it's seen, then we want to make sure that rather than that whole thing that was always happening in my schoolyard was, you know, fight, 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 fight. Right, well, let's right. change that attitude. Let's see uh, whether the bystanders can make a difference. And we have uh, had many examples where we did a show called Showdown, and uh, that was seen by over 350,000 students. Uh, wow. And I'll give you some examples of the kind of interventions we had. Uh, we had one young girl who came in. She must have been about mm, 12, 13, and she replaced the bystander. And rather than do or say anything, all she started to do was cough and not cover herself and cough, 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 whereby the bully started to feel uncomfortable and felt like, what am I doing here, all these germs, and leaves the scene. And it was so simple. All she was doing was coughing. She never said a word. We've had other interventions where uh, – the person who's being bullied all of a sudden acted totally crazy and, uh, you know, and the bully 
like, oh, my God, what, what, what's going on? And they leave. So it's short term. And then we start to look at long term. So we ask the audience, what else could be done? And how do we prevent this? And we talk about knowing what your boundaries are. And that's so important when we're dealing with any situation. So understanding that this is my boundary and please don't cross it. Uh, the bully is going to bully. We know that. We have to look at why they're bullying and how to prevent them from coming into my space. Um, we had situations where uh, schools sometimes would be looking at a, 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 a situation where they afterwards they came up to me and said, oh, my God, uh, you actually got the bully to come up and take the place of the bullied and show all of the people in the class and in the school what to do when I bully you. So it was yeah. a reversal. Um, we've had situations where uh, we we did a, a, a parental situation where uh, the young girl wanted to go out and uh, the mother didn't allow her. And we had the parents come to see the show. And one of the mothers said, uh, please stop. And she replaces the daughter in the situation. And she starts to try to change the situation. The actress that's playing the mother is a student. And after a few times, she looks at the woman and she says, Ma, I try that all the time and it never works. So we <laughs> had the mother be the daughter and the daughter be the mother. And <laughs> that was just another amazing intervention where... Uh, all of a sudden, they looked at each other, and there was this beautiful hug that they had, and we started to have some communication between the two parents, or the parent and the daughter. Wow. So we have many examples of that kind of situation. The other that uh, I guess I, I'd like to really talk about is uh, we worked for about 15 years with uh, homeless adults and youth, and homeless, what we started off with uh, was working with homeless adults and then quite quickly realized that it's not the same. So we started a program for the youth, and with that came a situation where the youth that are homeless are trained not just to create the show or help us to create the show, but they became the actors in the show. Wow. We had a process where they learned how to, and uh, then from there we toured in about 20 to 25 hostels and shelters where some of the actors were actually living or have lived. And there they are giving us a show, and they become the star because all of a sudden they're in front of their peers, and they're in a show, and everybody is enjoying what's happening. So they had what I call the self-esteem and confidence, 
which is not just coming from doing it, but also from the portrayal, the audience where their peers and the peers are going, all right, Jimmy. And you get a real sense that the community is forming and a bit of community healing is happening because what we deal with is their lives. They're the experts. And so they created the shows dealing with some of their concerns. And it's anything from the dealer to the pimp. Um, We had one uh, interesting storyline that developed was uh, a young man from Zimbabwe came as a refugee, and he came from a a home, uh, and uh, he was able to say that, you know, that was in Zimbabwe. When he came to Canada, he was a refugee and was sent to a hostel where uh, all of his stuff was stolen, there were bed bugs, lice, and he ended up mm. not wanting to be in any hel- uh, shelter and ended up on the streets in uh, a park. And we started to follow his journey. And his journey was not just uh, how bad that hostel was, but he started to really look at, whoa, I come from a home and I'm being sent in Canada as a refugee to a place where uh, I never had bed bugs. And so he started to question. And through some of the questioning, we started to really realize that there was a major show, and it was called Dream Park, because in the end he met what he called his friends in a park, and they were all in their own way trying to escape various uh, hellish aspects of their lives, but they all came together. And within that, they heard about what we were doing, creating a play, so they wanted their story to come out. So they all came to the audition, and we started to create a show all about Dream Park. And we toured that show. What eventually happened to this person was uh, he said at the end of the show, what I really want to do is become an immigration officer. And that's what he became. Wow. He uh, really became the immigration officer that uh, when refugees would come, he would know what was happening. And uh, he right. greets. he's a greeter from Canada now. Uh, and I just saw him again. He just, you know, the, uh, what happens is they drop by and just tell us where their lives are now. And uh, we've had many uh, results like that. Another man became um, a worker in the shelter. And so we've had a few of those. So it was a very successful um, project uh, that Eventually, uh, what happened, of course, is there's no money. And we ended up having our project was from when we first started, we were receiving somewhere in the vicinity of 25,000 to work with the community and develop the show and tour it. Uh, that dropped to 20, then 16, and I kept trying to get more. But, you know, homeless youth are, are not uh, an issue that is going to get too much sponsorship. <laughs> right. We eventually had to, uh, we couldn't afford doing the program. 
anymore. But what we do now is go into these shelters with other programs, either workshops or developed, for instance, Skills to Succeed, which is a program that we try to develop and um, tour to various schools and shelters and vocational services to look at how to get a job and all the pitfalls that are there. And we had five little scenarios, and uh, that particular skills to succeed, uh, where we uh, saw about over a thousand youth with that program, and that was wow. so. Uh, we, we're we're constantly trying to see where we can come up with an idea, get some funds, and then do our good work. Wow, amazing! And now, not only youth not only homeless, but for the last four years, you're also working with seniors. Um, yes. And, uh, what, what's that show called, Golden Cage? Yes, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, the Golden Cage and then uh, the other shows that we were d- developing. The Golden Cage, uh, they wanted a show where um, it was nonverbal. And so we had to come up with a way of presenting the show and not just using mime, but a storyline that would carry. And the group that was formed in Hamilton, uh, which was with the Hamilton Council on Aging, uh, started to develop the show. And uh, what they talked about was how we always talk about the golden age, but their feeling was that it's the golden cage. And so we started to develop a show that dealt with, uh, uh, as opposed to what we think becoming a senior, et cetera, was golden, uh, they started to see what the pitfalls were and how can we prevent that from happening. So this particular group of seniors developed a show dealing with um, family and how they viewed uh, the senior, uh, the administration of senior homes. And in our work, we're always looking for the drama and then ask the audience to develop ways and means of how do we better this situation. And so the Golden Cage toured in various senior homes, long-term care facilities in Hamilton. When I started that project, uh, I realized, wow, this this was so and intriguing and fascinating that I started to see, well, you know, maybe we can do this in Toronto. So we got some funds and um, did another one called Life Gets in the Way, and that one we tried to do it more uh, like a musical. And what we started to look at was these six seniors and how their lives were changing and how they cope and how we have to really look at ways and means of our minds opening to, okay, this is what's happening, and celebrate the elders that were there and show how life sometimes gets in the way, but you've always got to look at what the celebration is, as as you say, uh, the amazing aspect. Mm-hmm. And right. that then uh, we started to look at 
a third production, and that one what we wanted to do is really work with these seniors, train them, and uh, they toured for three weeks. But before that, we interviewed about 450 seniors. And in that show, we uh, used a Betty Davis quote, old age ain't for sissies. And what we did was, well, how how does that feel to you? Or what what do you, what what does that comment mean? And we started to get lots of stories, lots of things that people were talking about, and we started to create the show called Old Age Ain't for Sissies. Now, this group of seniors, there were about a dozen seniors. They were amazing. We toured with lights, a set. We went into 15 different centers. Every day we had a show, and this group worked with us for over two months. And they were so interested that they kept on wanting more. And we finally ended up at the Tarragon Theatre here in Toronto, and we did a one-week run with them. Uh, and that was, uh, again, trying to show the profile of what the company does and how we looked at retirement a little differently. Uh, we had uh, the young um, uh, people looking as to what do I need to do and look at retirement from a perspective of a, an older man who wasn't quite retirement age but was being forced out and what he was doing and what happens we discovered was a lot of people sit in front of the tv and so we had this uh afternoon where the retired gentleman uh was watching dirt bikes going round 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 and so we are constantly looking as to how and what are the concerns that are there and how can we create a show around that? I'm going to switch phones because I hear it beeping. I'm losing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to pick up another phone. Hold on. Yes. Oh, sorry. How's mm -hmm. that? Much better. Great. So, uh... Now, neat. Now, for these seniors, uh, like the show you did for youth, uh, people are jumping out of the audience, taking the place of actors, and they're participating. And you know, oh like yeah, we had uh, vibrant and rambunctious. Are there seniors like, get out of there, Johnny? I'm taking that role there. I want to uh, tell uh, how it should be done. Or whether they sit on their hands and be like, wow, great presentation, but do not ask me to get up there and do an alternate uh, rendering of it. We, we we never we never uh, as as you saw we never uh, have anyone come up that doesn't want to, uh, and there are different ways and means that we've developed. So uh, if you have an option and don't want to come up, uh, we can have the actor come to you and you can play it from your seat, or mm -hmm. we can start with uh, the thought bubble, right? Uh, that cartoon bubble that's above. <laughs> What's this person feeling at this time? So that what we try to do is engage the audience. We had an amazing intervention when, uh, with the retirement. And uh, we had a woman uh, come up and say, uh, I, I want to play his wife. 
And the original person playing the the role, uh, you know, was always telling him what to do and uh, not really listening. And what happened was this woman, the intervener, spectator, started to really just ask questions. And she was amazing. She started to ask questions. She was listening to him. And she finally looked at him and said, you know, I, I understand you. You're really feeling badly about things. And, you, and the actor playing that retired person started to really open up. And at the end of this, I would say, good seven minutes, they both look at each other and they don't know each other, but they're playing the characters and they both started to cry and they hugged each other. And this was in front of the Tarragon audience, and it was just wonderful. You know, just what you can do as strangers, showing what it means to have an open-heart communication. And in many ways, Tom, that's exactly what we wanted, right? We want to start to have that process of communication in a different way, where we can actually talk about what we feel, how we are, and not manipulate, not try and get someone put down, but just, this is what's going on for me. And in that uh, intervention, uh, we had people in the audience crying because it was so wonderful. And we've, and that's just one example of many where we really have uh, catalyzed audience members to look at a situation differently. And we try to make them complex. We don't look for the easy out. And when something happens that we sort of ask the audience, well, is this realistic or is it magical? Because, you know, we've had situations where uh, an audience member will come up and say, oh, Harry, we've won the lottery. And you go, okay, how often do, does one win a lottery? And uh, is that going to change the whole situation? Uh, the poverty question is now, oh, how many people win a lottery? And uh, is that the way that we can look at solving the situation? So audience members are asked, and then we ask them if there's another way of dealing with this. So we don't necessarily put that person who came up with that option down. We're, we're honoring that that's a wonderful option if it happens, and that's a one-in-a-million shot that that might happen. So what do, what do we do with the other 999,000? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow, sounds like uh, it might even have gone better with the seniors than you expected. Like, uh, it's so relevant to them. It's so appropriate. Exactly. We and... tried to make it relevant. And though, uh, we have now seniors that uh, have decided they, they, they're associates of Mixed Company and come out to other events. Uh, what we're doing now is combining the seniors with youth. So what we call our intergen projects. Wow, that'd be cool. 
So uh, I'm, I'm constantly seeking ways and means of, of applying what we have as our process and uh, looking as to what the next uh, thing for me would be. So the teaching of looking at elders. So uh, I'll give you an example. We worked with uh, Lambton House and Urban Arts here in Toronto. And uh, with Lambton House, the seniors talked about respect and uh, created scenes where a situation was an older woman uh, waiting for the bus and no one offering her a seat. And we had uh, one of the best interventions was from this uh, 11-year-old that came up and uh, went to the two performers who were uh, acting out the characters of people sitting on a bench and not, you know, the newspapers up or whatever, and right. asking, uh, could could you uh, give up your seat? And the actor said, well, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I, I can only stand for five minutes. And the 11-year-old says, oh, great. Okay, I'll time it. Can you get up now? <laughs> so all of a sudden we had this uh, wonderful intervention and uh, the uh, woman, the granny, uh, because it was called, come on, granny, and uh, she sat down and they shared the seat for five minutes. And that came from an 11-year-old just looking at the scene. Uh, then we worked with Urban Arts, and these were youth, and they talked about the lack of respect that they felt coming from seniors. So wow. what we started to do was look at, okay, this is interesting. So now what we're doing is combining both groups to see how and what show we can create with both of them, looking at various topics, not just uh, respect, but other aspects of what the senior might have to offer in terms of the wisdom that has come to the youth and the youth uh, offering the vibrancy that comes from being a young person and looking at the combination. So seeing these seniors talking with uh, a person who, uh, a man who, uh, has pink hair, wears lipstick and mascara. Uh, and they, what was so fascinating was the seniors looked at him and said, I just love your hair. <laughs> and then he came and was with us for the youth. And the first thing the youth did was look at him and say, oh, I just love your hair. So the combination and the cohesion between the two was amazing. And so this young person was able to uh, tread both generations and come up with something that was quite unique because both generations were wanting to look at and see the value of what this person was bringing. Not necessarily just the hair, but the aspect of being able to be who I am with both generations 
and being accepted by both of them. And again, that's a wonderful process. Now, this young man has now joined us again for the Intergen project. So there's uh, the, the growth of the work is constant, and I think that's what keeps me going because I just love what I do. Right, and you're putting a smile on my face. My wife has, in the last year, had streaks of pink and then streaks of purple, and everyone from young kids to 70- and 80-year-old women or men have said, oh, wow, I like your hair. And yes. so <laughs> when someone from 8 years old to 80 years old can appreciate something unique and cool like pink or purple streaks in your hair, then it's like, oh, wow, very cool. Now you have a, you're a topic of conversation because of your hair, and it starts up, uh, you know, maybe a talk that you wouldn't have had with someone. So, uh, yeah, I'm really, uh, I like that. Now, I see on your website, uh, and we'll end with this, I guess, uh, uh, because there's a lot of young people, old people, any kind of people, lots of people that are like, wow, I want to do this. I want to get some training. And so you have this, uh, and Forum Theater, I see from your website, it's UNESCO-recognized tool for positive social change. And you have, looks like about a half a dozen workshops that people can participate in to learn to better themselves and maybe even learn to work with uh, what you're doing. Definitely. Uh, they're, they're, uh, I do the Masks of Manipulation workshop, We have, uh, and that's going to be happening in July. All they have to do is uh, go on our website, www.mixcompanytheater.com, and um, there's an online application. You can also call us at 416-515-8080. The other thing that we are doing is we're having a festival, a carnival, uh, where we're inviting all of the people that have participated in our uh, shows to come out, and so we're going to have some clowns, some um, games, carnival, and uh, some show tunes sung by Michelle Nash. Uh, so we're we're constantly looking as to trying to connect with the community and develop ways and means of the community looking as to their own development. And uh, you're right, the professional development workshops. Uh, are uh, pretty amazing. We get uh, teachers, retired people, we've had vocational service people come to the workshops, and we have workshops that are just one day, two days, and three days. So it depends on what you want to do and how you want to do it. The other is we have playwriting workshops on our process. So learn how to write a community play or a forum theater play. And wow. uh, we have the experts that are teaching that. So we're vibrant, and um, I think we, we are constantly looking as to trying to make sure that the community is enjoying our entertaining, empowering, uh, and educational process. Right. And when I look at the prices, you could be underpricing yourself. Like these are so reasonable uh, that I don't think anyone would say, "Well, I love that training," but whoa, that's so expensive. It's just so reasonable. It's amazing. Well, we want to open it up to anyone. So I, I never uh, like to refuse anyone 
in terms of the finances. I think the process is one that uh, is so enjoyable that uh, people come and they become friends. So right. Uh, they, they, and that's what I think art can do. Art is a healing process. Uh, uh, the the way that we do our uh, theater is looking at it from a community healing. And uh, I just love when the audience and the actors all come together, and uh, they're all looking as to, wow, I just not only have learned something, but I've really enjoyed myself. So it's an empowering experience, whether you're an audience member, whether you're a person that's coming in for the workshop, whatever it is, I know that you'll enjoy it. Wow. And it looks like there's just great topics, uh, lots of things they can learn. So I I, I really, really... uh like that part of it that you're expanding and helping others in that. Well, again, uh, we didn't do the website enough time, so let's remind them Mixed Company Theater. I don't know how people around the world spell theater, but in Canada it's T H E A T R E, so Mixed Company Theater.com. Tons of amazing information there. Uh, great website, by the way. And, Thank you. Uh, so, Mixed Company Theater.com. Thank you uh, so, so much for your time uh, today, uh, Simon. I appreciate it uh, so much. You're doing some amazing thing. And, wow, it's, you're positively impacting people on all ages of the spectrum from young to old. And uh, that's pretty exciting. Not a lot of people can manage to do uh, that. Thank you, Tom. And uh, I, I enjoy your comments and uh, your questions very much. Appreciate you being here. Have yourself an amazing day. Thanks so much. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email tom at tomtootall.com for details.